welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, OTCers. This past week, especially Thursday and Friday, billions of dollars traded into the OTC, which is good. Many took time to add on dips, either accumulating shares to their conviction plays, or others took the opportunity to position themselves for new swing stocks as bounce plays. Either way, both options presented a lot of money to be made, in my personal opinion. Now, before I dive in of what moved this week and why it moved, I want to share some helpful tips that I consider when trading. Now, it would be selfish of me not to share this information. They're called Ripster Trading Disciplines. He created, um, from my understanding, he created these 12 disciplines, 12 practices and principles that I believe he trades by or considers trading by. And what I did was um, when I was when I came across them on Twitter, I read over the disciplines and a lot of them I was able to relate to and then I just put my own personal twist on them but the foundation of them come from some of his principles and there's no point of trying to redo a wheel that's already been done so I took what he did and then I just added things based on my process and my comfort level of how I'm going to trade so I'm going to list all 12. Hopefully they're helpful to you. Hopefully you're able to relate to them if you're struggling with certain things. Hopefully this helps maybe potentially give you some guidance and direction on which way to go and just go from there. So number one is be disciplined. Basically the market pays you to be disciplined. Two, you need to quit bad habits. By being disciplined every day in every trade, the market will reward you. But don't claim to be disciplined if you're not going to do it 100% of the time. Or you have those times where it's like, oh, I wonder if or I hope because you're no longer being disciplined. You're breaking your principles. Lower size if doing poorly. So a lot of this, well, for this one, this really pertains to day trading or those who feel like they miss runs, right? There's been times where it's something you may put a couple dollars in. You're like, oh, man, if I would only put more and then the next time without even doing DD, you just load the boat and it backfired. So you made a properly or an improper trade and you done poorly and you keep trying to get that money back plus more. So it's okay to just to lower your size if you uh, had some bad trades. So always lower your size, especially for day trading. So always lower your trading size when you're trading poorly, when you have that cold streak. This is real big for the day traders and swing traders. Number four, don't turn a winner into a loser. Never turn a winner into a loser basically means you should, in my opinion, if you're green and you're day trading or swing trading, it's okay to take that profit. It's okay to uh, consider re-entering. Now, if it's a long hole, at times there may be those dips where you was holding for something more massive. So you have to play or follow number four based on your comfort level and your opinion. Number five, your winning trade should always be many times bigger than your losers. Your losers can't exceed your biggest winner. So if your daily goal is $500 and you're constantly hitting that, but then on Friday, your loser trade is $5,000, you're down for the week. So if you have losses in your day trading or swing trading, it's okay to cut those losses quick, preserve that capital and still remain green and look for the next play. Number six, 
Use a system and methodology and don't trade randomly. Develop methodology and stick with it, right? And don't switch your methodologies each day. And I can really attest to this one because when I first started, heck, when I even started saying to myself, I'm gonna be a, a day trader to balance out my long holds, I would have a certain discipline on Monday, then it would change on Tuesday, then it would change on Wednesday, then it would change on Thursday and Friday. So I was being inconsistent. And that, that's, that wasn't fair to my trading disciplines or to my uh, my account personally. So And then you have those ones where it's like you might you see people that might be on Reddit, Reddit or um, any other sites and say, oh, this stock is going to run. And the first thing you may do is say, I'm just going to put a couple of dollars in there just to see what it do. And it tanks. That, that's a random trade. You know, that's that's not matching your disciplines. You didn't have a plan. So you brought that on yourself. Number seven, be yourself, finds what suits your personality and don't try to copy others. You should always be yourself and, and don't be someone. Now, another one, when I first started and I started taking it seriously, there were traders that had crazy, crazy patience and they would hold stocks that already had ran and wait for them to come down. And I tried to be them. Right. But it drove me nuts because I was literally waiting for stocks that I was up five to 10 times to go higher that had tanked. And now I'm trying to and I don't want to sell now that it came down some. So I had to take a step back. You know, a lot of times people are giving advice from a, a level of where they're at now, not where they used to be. And so I personally had to realize that my account wasn't where there is at. I was trying to get my account to a good a good level to be satisfied at. So I had to keep on keeping on, right? So I had to find a style and what suits me and trade to my comfort level, not trying to be anyone else. Number eight, always stay in the game, but don't blow out your account so that you cannot get back in the game. You always want to be able to come back and play the next day. So with number eight is basically saying, be careful going all in at times, right? Or, or, taking major, major losses that it's hard to come back from, or it's going to take a very long time, right? There's times where you may get overly confident and then suffer a loss, but your pride won't let you get out. Or you have this, oh, I want to see if it goes back up. And then your account just, just blows up, right? There is recently last week, there were people who suffered two to $3 million losses trying to short Tesla, right? There was people who suffered huge losses in the OTC because they got impatient on, let's say, a, a SPZI that went down to the double zero ones, but then I think it had a strong bounce to double zero threes. So be careful blowing up your account because it's hard for a lot of people, especially when they get starting to keep putting money in just to be consistent, right? There's some people, they want to just put a thousand and that's it. So to suffer a blowout just gives them a excuse on getting out. So definitely something to keep in mind. Number nine, it is important first to be consistent with a smaller size, then slowly increase your size. Earlier you want to be right, then worry about having a huge trade. Some people come out swinging for home runs. And I've always preached it's important to master your process and settle for singles. In my opinion, to build your confidence and to perfect your craft. Number 10, be impatient with losers and get out. Get out of your losers. So this, in my opinion, I apply this to day trading. With day trading, I look at charts. I look at the catalyst. I may look at, you know, 
the uh, the volume and share structure definitely matters depending on if I'm trading OTC or big boards. But there may be times where my entry point wasn't the best and it's easier to get out and suffer a $50, $60 loss real quick than suffer a five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 loss because I was too prideful to sell. Or I just, you know, we hate the color red, so we don't want to sell in red. It feels like we took a loss. And what I've learned is the quicker you cut those losses, the better you can position yourself for a re-entry, even if you want to play that stock. Or there's always stocks moving. That's what people don't realize. There's, especially if you're able to day trade or swing trade, there's always stocks moving. So if you minimize your loss, when you fail deep in your heart that uh, you was chasing, that you gave me the fear of uh, missing out, it's okay to cut that quick loss. And then look for a bounce back in something else that's moving, that has a better catalyst, better volume. Or you may take that money. I've done it before. Take that money and put it in your long hold and just accumulate those shares and just wait it for a bigger pop with your long hold and a bigger rate of return. So please keep that in mind. And then last one, 12, don't pray and hope when trading. Don't hope and pray. If you do this, you will lose. And I wouldn't necessarily say you're going to lose. Sometimes God does answer prayer. But that right there is not the most uh, efficient way to trade. I'll say that. You know, there's times where maybe you traded with money you shouldn't have. There's times, there will be times where maybe you gave in to the, the, the hype and now it's going down. And you know you should get out. Or you know you should have never done it. And now you're like, man, I hope it go back up. And then you find yourself praying. When maybe you should have hoped and prayed that you make a better decision before you went and gave in to that, that fear of missing out and to the hype. Now, I'm not going to say God don't answer prayers. But for you're not the only one praying when it comes to stocks. I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that, that hope and pray. But it's just not a tactic that you want to rely on constantly. If anything, hope and pray before. Hope and pray for execution, that you're going to be disciplined, that you're going to stick to your, your trading style, you know. But don't just all of a sudden hoping and praying that since it's read that your account goes 10 times. Because maybe the, the, the answer was you already had your process and your discipline and, and God's telling you, well, I've given you the answer. The answer is to remain consistent and you chose not to. So I definitely agree with that one. Praying and hoping over learning. Um, and executing and being disciplined isn't the best way, right? It's better to be disciplined. It's better to understand why you're in a stock, understand why you're trading, especially with the OTC. Now that it's much cleaner, you don't really have to chase things. Um, I'm going to do, do an episode where I basically break down why, why you really don't have to chase. Understanding how to play LOIs, custodial shit plays. We're back before... Every, all this stuff ran and people just, you know, gave in to it. Now, by understanding the LOI, understanding that it's going to have a pop, but there were people who are already in it prior to the news, they're securing profits. So why chase it up top? Where, oh, I have 60 days before the LOI is completed. Let's see if there's a pullback. So understanding certain things and why you're entering a stock, trading your plane, being disciplined, is way more beneficial then throwing money into a stock and then praying, hoping that uh, you get a huge rate of return. So hopefully those 12 disciplines are helpful. 
I, uh, I try to, you know, stick by a lot of these. I actually uh, finesse these in a way that follows my process. Since I do trade OTC, since I do trade big board, some of them at times are strictly for one level than the other. And I, and, and what I did was blend them together to fit my trading style. Now, hopefully uh, you can take some time to figure out how some of these 12 disciplines help you out. Again, the gentleman name, his name is Ripsters. Ripster, he actually has a lot of information for those who uh, who want to learn how to trade different level of exchanges. I personally don't know him. I'm not promoting any of these stuff. If you choose to follow him, it's at your own risk. I know he offers like uh, scanners at times. Uh, you know, he even has videos if you go on YouTube of, of the way he executes his trades. And it's all helpful. And that's why I tell people, if you're paying thousands of thousands of dollars, heck, even if you're paying 20 bucks just for someone to send you alerts over you taking the time to learn it and perfect your style, you're setting yourself up for failure. When it comes to the OTC, someone sending out alerts and you're paying for that, it's just crazy to me. And I say that because there's so many unknowns with a lot of these stock, these tickers that are just starting up. So it's important to learn it. Learn why it's moving versus, oh, I was alerted A, B, C, D, E. And it's like, okay, and like there's no value in just following someone ticker and just paying $20. That's doing the bare minimum. And you're setting yourself up for something that's not repeatable. And if something happened to that person, I would ask, how would you continue trading? So you always want to keep that in mind. So now that I shared some of his 12 disciplines, let's just dive in what moved during November 1st through November 5th and why I moved. So on Monday, INND moved 36%. Now this company is in a... a in the hearing aid business and they've actually probably for the last couple of weeks had nice and slow gains so 36 percent is nothing to uh turn your head on that's a that's a good amount aabb moved 47 percent again another company that's just having nice and slow gains as they reveal more and how they're going into the crypto world from my understanding they're trying to be backed by gold ifus moved 27 percent it's a low float Really, it moved on anticipation of getting an update. Um, I believe they put an update out saying news would be coming soon. So keep your eye on that one. PSRU moved 52%. It had an update. It moved on updates of more information coming out from my understanding. And plus, it was a bounce play. PSRU was one that has been in the multiple pennies and now on Monday was in the low subs. So it was due for a nice uh, recovery or some sort of of it. So that 52% was a good good trade. UBQU went current and it moved 40%. So I'm not really a fan of the share structure at this current time because based on my trading style and principles, it just don't pass my eye test because of that. I'm not saying it's not going to move. Quite frankly, I didn't even do additional research to figure out what what they're going into because I have my own parameters of what I what I trade and why. Tuesday, November 2nd, RBGP moved 32%. And it's just rumors that I saw floating around about maybe they have, they're going to be giving um, a patent deal or uh, have some kind of FDA approval or possibly have a rumor uh, floating during um, a possibly being bought out. Now, for some, this stock has moved before massive on the FDA approval or what people thought was going to come. 
but just from trading like big boards, there's different phases of when you're approved. Like there's a phase one, two, and three. So even if I think if they have are approved or will be approved, they're still at that first phase. So I think a lot of people are confused on why it's not moving massive, right? But it already moved big because of that. So now people who in the OTC world, they want to know what's next. Like I wouldn't, I'm not going to chase a stunt just because you got approval or you want to reiterate that news. I want to know what you're going to do with it. You know, or have you been possibly talking to companies about leveraging your patent deals and so on and so on. So only a matter of time before the truth comes out. INND moved again, another 18%, just nice and steady. IFAN moved 16%. It appears the dilution may be done. A lot of people have been in this stock. They're waiting for updates. So it's just, you know, patience. It's another patient play. NECA, 15%. It moved 15% as they appointed, I believe it was a new director or maybe CEO, but they did appoint a new officer. So something to keep in mind. Wednesday, November 3rd, uh, CGRA moved over 133%. Now they put out that they have a LOI basically to acquire an oil and gas company. And from my understanding, I think it's in the Bahamas. So we'll see how that plays out. MWWC moved 28% as the shares were reduced. TONR moved over 14% as people are waiting for the, this company to be current and then more updates to follow. AMLH moved 5% as a update was provided. MMMW moved 29%. It looks like they're in the solar lane and which going green and, you know, environmental friendly things. This could be enticing to investors. TGGI moved over 70 percent on Wednesday as they dropped filings. It looks like nearly 80 percent of the float may be locked up or 80 um, percent of the shares may be locked up by uh, insiders. So if that's true. This is one where although the share structure isn't the greatest, as long as the insiders are holding those shares, it's going to trade uh, very respectable and thin. Now, it is one where you always want to keep your eye on the share structure just to make sure no shares are being dumped just because of the, the share structure is so big at this current time. But from my understanding, the company is trying to, without doing a reverse split, is trying to get it to go to the NASDAQ. So it'll be interesting to see what companies merging in. There's quite a few rumors, but we want cold hard facts. Thursday, November 4th, NHMD moved 27%. It was a nice bounce play as, a, as the company provided an update. INND moved another 11% as uh, the company put out news. TGGI moved 7%. Just had a nice, strong, and steady day. Uh, CGAC moved about 19% as the company has a reverse merger specialist. And hopefully that person, whoever he or she is, can help uh, close out a deal and provide a solid merger into CGAC. ILUS moved over 11%, just a nice and steady play as people just wait for more updates in regards to the uh, EV vehicles um, that they're supposed to be making. PBYA had solid news and it moved over 19%. November 5th, rounding out the week, WDLF moved 38%. Um, they reported record growth. So reported record growth, nice 
decent share structure, solid movement. MDCE moved over 6%. As the company, as the update provided, basically said, hey, we've identified the company. So right now, MDCE, me personally, just give you some insight of how I play mergers or LOIs. So with MDCE, the company has, uh, has been identified. However, now you got to go through the paperwork, the formalities and things like that. So there's going to be pops where people want to swing it. Me personally, I'm looking for a bigger rate of return. So at times people will get impatient and sell. That's when I look for accumulating. The news was great. They finally have a company, although I don't think they revealed who it was. So time will tell. But how I'm personally going to play a merger is I'm waiting. I have patience. Heck, if it dips and I'm able to add more, I'll be smiling when they finally announce it and they finally do the deal and complete it. But with mergers, what people understand that is sometimes maybe shares have to get canceled right, in order to complete it. Maybe there's some extra paperwork that's needed that the courts need to see. So all that takes time. But the fact that they've now revealed to us, hey, with this SS Monopoly play, we've already picked the company out. The company now just needs to dot their I's and cross their T's. I can wait. The merger is coming based on what the company just said. The company, uh, SS Monopoly, has identified who they're merging with. So it's just a patient play. And this are the type of plays, in my opinion, that have been so beneficial. It's a place where you know what's coming, but what people are going to do is get out, chase something else, and then try to time getting back in. Meanwhile, those who are willing to be patient are just soaking up those shares each day. It's already hard to get shares with a good share structure type of stock, so you have to be patient. So adding and waiting is something I definitely would do. And that's just not with MDCE. That's just how I play quality mergers that I've done my DD on. I just wanted to give some insight so as you figure out your process on how to pay LOIs and mergers, and maybe I do a podcast strictly on that, it helps you out. You know, ultimately, you your own investor, you your own advisor, so you have to do what's comfortable for you. CGAC moved 22% as dilution appears to be done. I've been eyeing the share structure, and lately it hasn't changed. So if that's the case, it could have nice uh, pop to it. TONR moved over 20%. People are just waiting for it to be current any day. I know that there's rumors floating around of what's next, but nothing can be done until the, 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 the ticker's current. AABB's moved over 30%, just nice, slow, and steady growth. And you're going to see that. You're going to see the quality companies, and that's what it's supposed to be. I don't have to put out news if my company's thorough, my company's a quality company every day for it to move if the, the writing's on the wall. And so far, people feel like AABB's a, a nice quality company and lately has been having those 10%, those 15%. And as you can see on Friday, had a nice 30% gain. So something to keep in mind. VNTH moved 22%, it, nice bounce play. It appeared to be oversold and it was due for a nice bounce. Anytime will tell what's next. I think they have a, a young CEO who's supposed to, you know, Bring a different type of flair and energy to the group. So time will tell with that one. I hope by me reviewing what move, what it helps you, gives you a better idea of what to look for. Also, given how the OTC has changed, as you can see, it's not 
it's very rare to have those thousand percent runners. But those slow and steady gains, for some, just off the top of my head, I want to say like uh, CGAC moved nearly 100% in a week. So even if you were patient and you put in a few grand, you still doubled it in a week's time. So don't get discouraged that the OTC is changing. As you can see, a lot of people aren't. Thursday, I believe it was over $3 billion traded that went into the OTC. And I think Friday, uh, several billion did as well. So money's coming back in. Now that the, the pulse is different, people are, are trying to figure out how to play it. And that's what you got to realize. Got to figure out what works best for you and how to play it. So this concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate, write a review if the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests or even would like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at pennystopwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystopwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.